Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Here you go. Here you go. My little love is now flying high with angels above. The sweetest little boy that I've ever known. Loving mother and wife who lived life to the fullest. He loved to dance. They failed our kids again. I hope she is alive. She was a such bright light in everyone's life and was a badass ball player. You left this world way too soon and you will forever be missed. Rest in peace, my sweet girl. You didn't deserve this. In my eyes, you are not a victim, but a survivor. I love you always and past forever, baby sister. May your wings soar higher than you could ever dream. All I ask is that you hug your loved ones tonight and tell them you love them. You never know when you won't have the chance anymore. This is nothing personal for Wednesday, May 25th, 2022. It's been a sleepless night, not just for me, but for scores of families in Uvalde, Texas. Scores of families around this country trying to come to grips with another mass shooting. This is not going to be a political show. This is not going to be a regular episode of Nothing Personal. Fast forward if you want. Don't download it if you don't want to. But how about listening and thinking for a few minutes with me this morning as we try to come to grips with who we are and what we want as an individual, as a family, as a country, as a society? The concept for me is called avoidable, avoidable grief. I want to start with that concept because we've got a bunch of unavoidable grief in this world like the grief I have for my sister, my father, that so many of you have for loved ones who suffer from cancer, disease, accidental death, death by old age. We all have grief. It's very hard to discuss grief. It's very hard to come to grips with grief. It's very hard to understand all the mental health issues that are so pervasive inside all of us that we don't want to admit to any weakness, of course. Because why should we? We have to be strong to our significant others or to our friends. We're good. We are athletes. We are performers. We are business people. We are students. What about the grief that happens when you know it could have been avoided? We've talked about that. Fentanyl-laced opioid abuse. That could be avoided. Drunk driving, my child, my spouse, my friend was killed by a drunk driver. That can be avoided. 
dine at the hands of an 18-year-old with two assault rifles, what category is that in? Is it avoidable or is it unavoidable? What you are hearing today all over the airwaves, two different things. People who are in the sports world are doing their shows like a regular Wednesday, talking about the Mavericks winning game four, talking about what's going on in baseball and football and soccer and everything else. And you're saying that's my escape? I'm in. I don't want to have to think about what's going on. I come to you for sports. I like that when people say that. I'm coming to you for sports and business, not to hear about guns or to hear about grief or tragedy or death. That's because you're in the category of people who this is theory, not reality. How long until your theory becomes your reality? How many of you support cancer charities who haven't lost family members to cancer, who support trying to find cures to diseases whose diseases have not directly impacted you or your family or friends? How many of you get emails every day about issues that don't touch a nerve? You can't relate to them. You can watch a movie about them. You can think about them. You can know somebody tangentially. We all know somebody who died of cancer. We all know somebody who's suffered an avoidable tragedy. But what about when you get involved because it's you? You think the parents of the 19 children who died in Texas yesterday had any plan on spending the rest of their lives the way they're going to spend them? What about the parents in Sandy Hook only 10 years ago where 20 children died? You think those parents had their lives mapped out for them? The thoughts of what they would do watching their children grow up? Why do children dine? It impacts us differently. It hits differently. Is that because it's not the natural order? Is that why a funeral of a 90-year-old is different than a funeral of a 50-year-old is different than a funeral of a 10-year-old? Oh, what could have been. Eight days ago, we used moment of silence as our word of the day as we talked about the mass shooting in Buffalo the racially motivated, despicable, disgusting, unthinkable tragedy that happened in Buffalo. And now we've moved on, and there's an unthinkable, unspeakable tragedy that relates to children. Only two years ago, we were talking about George Floyd and the unthinkable death of a black man who couldn't breathe, who got kneed by police to the point of dying. And there were riots, there were shows, there were conversations. Why do we always move on? Is that a defense mechanism? Do we move on because it's the only way to get through the day? In your life, when you think about how you rationalize your daily behavior and how you think about the sunrise following the sunset, every day is a new day, every day is a new beginning. What happens when your Groundhog Day is actually a day from hell? You think the kids who died in Columbine, you think those parents 23 years later, how are they doing? 
or the parents of the kids who died at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas in 2018? How are they doing? I come to you today with questions and answers. Because as I was listening to the news yesterday and I was watching the we're going to cry news reports, we're going to panic news reports. We're going to get angry news reports. I watched the president of the United States show us what that grief is, having gone through it himself. He knows what it is to lose a child, whether it's a car accident, whether it's a shooting, whether it's cancer. He can uniquely speak to that, unique because when you're in that club, you never get out. You never have to reapply. The president got on the air for nine minutes and said, when in God's name are we going to stand up to the gun lobby? And I said to myself, oh my God, that's where we are. The president of the United States is asking when we're going to stand up to the gun lobby because the killing of children has become political. Are you telling me that if you're a Republican or you're a Democrat, that that matters if your theory becomes reality? Are you telling me that as a Democrat, we're able to pretend that our theory is reality so we have empathy so we can act, but as Republicans, we don't want to act until our theory becomes a reality? A well-regulated militia be necessary to the security of a free state, the right of people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Is that what we're talking about? The Second Amendment? Is that why you're arguing? Because you want to keep your guns. And you're hiding behind the Second Amendment. One of the great mistakes of our founding fathers. As a constitutionalist, I absolutely understand the living document, the nature of a living document. The Second Amendment was when we were fighting to maintain our independence and we could have been under attack. Our entire form of government could have been under attack. And then it's supposed to be a well-regulated militia. Well, that's an argument worth having. What is a well-regulated militia? Is a well-regulated militia background checks? Is it a waiting period? No. People with guns are not a militia. They are not protecting our government, our way of life. The well-regulated militia is what's needed for the security of a free state. The comma before the right of the people to keep and bear arms has always interested me. If there's a period with a new sentence and, although Mr. Lin wouldn't be happy with that, and comma, all people shall have the right to keep and bear arms. Then there's no qualifier to that. Commas are qualifiers. But I don't want to talk about the Second Amendment. I don't want to talk about politics because let everybody else do it. Let everybody else make you believe that this is a right versus left. 
This is about common sense, gun legislation, and safety, security, and avoidable tragedy and avoidable grief. That's all that interests me. We have enough problems in this world. We have enough problems in our own little world. We have enough problems in our own little heads. Are you looking for more? Are you looking to worry when you send your kids to school? Are you looking to worry when you go to a movie? Are you looking to worry when you go grocery shopping? I'm not. The thoughts that creep into my head when I walk outside of the door in New York City or Miami, Florida, or wherever I am. I went to Austin, Texas. You think I didn't think about it? New York City on the subway. You think I don't think about it? Is that the world you want? Where anybody can get a gun and it's easier than getting a driver's license? It reminded me of a throwaway line in Parenthood, the movie, which was not a throwaway line to me, when Keanu Reeves said, and this is not exact because it's from my head, anybody, you need to pass a test to become a driver. You need to pass a test to get a high school or college diploma. But anybody can become a father. And I think he said, dumbass. And he was referring to the fact that there's child abuse and there's bad fathers and bad parents that impact the lives of children. But it got me thinking, in what category do we put firearms? In what category of firearms do we put assault weapons? Do you need your president to tell you what assault weapons are for? Do you need to hide behind the Second Amendment to keep your assault weapons or to explain why it's okay for anyone to have assault weapons. Nobody's going after your guns as much as I'd like to. What we're going after is regulating who gets them, how and when. Because that is the best chance that we have to actually avoid the avoidable. I'm so upset today. I'm not angry. Do you know when you get so exasperated and so sad that it's not anger? Maybe the stages of grief or the stages of fear? I don't want you to think that I'm here to tell you what to believe or who to vote for. But I am here to ask you like I did 10 days ago. Like I did when we talked about pro-choice, pro-life. Like I did when we talked about the January 6th insurrection. I'm asking you to actually think for yourself and wonder your position. Does it make sense? How many Americans woke up today having spent a sleepless night thinking about what happened in Texas and said, hey, it's the cost of doing business. Anybody? Can you explain that to me? I'm just curious what your thought process would be that would lead to that conclusory statement. The concept of the cost of doing business is one I'm very familiar with because it's business. The cost of a human life ending in avoidable tragedy is not business. 
It's the exact core of the principle that we should never have to worry about. And that is the most important amendment, the most important part of our Constitution, the most important part of our life. Freedom. The freedom to live. I don't want to be trapped in my house. I don't want to be scared for my children who are grown. I don't want to be scared for the children of friends of mine, people who I love, who are worried that their kids are going to be killed in a school. There are kids right now doing training the way in the 70s and 60s our parents or my parents did bomb shelter when we were scared of nuclear bombs and we had to do bomb drills or you do fire drills. Now they do active shooter drills where you get into a corner of a classroom, you lock a door and you hope for the best. 19 kids and two teachers did that yesterday and they didn't get the best. They got the worst. I triple dare you to explain that and hide the way Republicans are hiding right now in their silence. Where's the NRA statement right now? Do you know why the NRA, hey Coca, do you know why the NRA doesn't talk right now? Because they're smart and they're rich and they know that this will pass maybe like a kidney stone, maybe like gas after a Mexican restaurant, but it will pass. The NRA has a strategy that is well thought out and incredibly well executed. Don't say a word when there's mass shootings, no matter how many there are. Wait it out. They've got a convention this weekend where Trump is going to talk. Governor Abbott of Texas is going to talk. And you know what they're going to say? They're going to say, that's not us. That's avoidable. But the NRA and other gun lobbies control our politicians to the point where they no longer have an interest in speaking for the majority of the people. Is that the government that our founding fathers anticipated? That elected officials would act on their own behalf? How many times do I have to talk about campaign finance reform? Go back to the show where I did it. How many times do I have to talk about voting records, about term limits? Not going to spend today talking to you about guns. I want to talk about actions. What makes me in crazy, I was going to say insane and crazy, is that my entire professional and personal life, I have been a solutions-based brain-operated machine. For better or for worse. Don't bring me problems to my office when I'm running a baseball team. Bring me solutions. People say it. Bring me ideas that are possible that we can put into effect. Don't complain about the way the world is. And today you're hearing a lot of complaining. You're hearing a lot of woe is us. How can we be a country with the number of mass deaths that we have? How can we be a country where there in 2021, what were there, 690 or so mass shootings? 
more than one a day. A mass shooting, of course, is defined. You don't need to have a huge number. I think the mass shooting, Coca, what is it, four people killed or shot at all at once? Is that the definition? We've had 212 of them so far this year. It's every day. We move on. But then we've got bookers for TV shows who call on the students who survived in Marjorie Stoneman Douglas in Parkland, Florida. We call on the parents of Sandy Hook to come on the air and provide emotion. We call on political analysts to talk about the left and the right and how no one's communicating and how we can't get bills passed of common sense gun legislation. You sit and watch your TV and then what do you do? Do you go to sleep? Do you say to yourself, it's still my theory. I don't need to do anything. It's not my reality. Today we stop. Today everybody's theory becomes their reality. Because that's the only way this is going to change. I don't want to be embarrassed about my country anymore. Make America great again? I don't care if that's Trump, if that's Reagan, if that's Clinton, if that's Obama. Making America great again should not be about the right or the left. It has become this symbol of extremism, MAGA. Are there people who don't agree that we want to make America great again? Maybe it should be MASA. Make America safe again. I'm selfish, folks. I don't want to spend my days worrying about my daughter on the New York subway or my daughter in school, whether it's graduate school or high school. I don't want to worry about the safety of my family. I don't want my theory to become reality. And then I woke up today and realized I already lost because I started making it my reality and it was paralyzing. The definition of paralysis is lack of movement. Nope, not me, not anymore. I'm moving. And here's where I'm moving toward. I'm moving toward making sure that each of you is willing and able to make a decision. I am moving forward with an initiative to educate as many people as I can on this platform that your decisions have consequences and your theory is about to become a reality. How? Here's the answer. Back in January of 2022, only six months ago, I made a commitment among other New Year's resolutions that one of them would be that I would hire a stranger. I would hire somebody to work for nothing personal, work for me and Coca. And I didn't know then, and I didn't know yesterday, exactly when that day would come or what that would look like. And now I do. Coca and I are hiring somebody, and it could be you. I'm going to need a resume at nothingpersonalds at gmail.com. And here's what we're going to do. Here's what you're going to do. You're going to produce a document. And it's going to be a long one. 
It's going to have all 50 states on it. It's going to have the link to register to vote for all 50 states. It's going to have a list of every federal representative, members of the House of Representatives, members of Senate, your two senators per state. There'll be 100 senators. What is it, 437 members of the House? We're going to get a list and we're going to get contact numbers. Then we're going to get voting records. We're going to get campaign contribution lists and you're going to be educated. The project that you are going to do if you get this job is going to be a project that will save lives. And as importantly, it's going to be a project that in my humble opinion and COCA's will help change the world. I love that expression. Change the world, heal the world, save the world. It's overwhelming, isn't it? How? By cutting up the plastic six packs so the tuna don't die? By recycling your soda cans? By helping raise sandbags to help with sea level change or Getting an electric car can be a little overwhelming. So many things to help, so many worries to have. We're going to bring it right down to the first level. When we elect our politicians and our officials, why are we electing them? Are we electing them to represent our interests? What are our interests? Are you a one-issue voter? Do you care about guns? Do you care about abortion? Do you care about money? care about land you care about religion I've got an idea for the one issue we should all care about our own reality let's be selfish let's elect people who will represent our reality whether our reality in your mind as you look at me and say you are a white middle-aged man of privilege our realities are different. You want to know what the lowest common denominator is of our realities? Grief and avoidable tragedy. Because it doesn't matter if you're rich or you're poor. It doesn't matter if you're white or you're black or you're brown. The grief is blind. The grief doesn't have a pocketbook. The grief doesn't need to eat. The grief doesn't need shelter. The reason why we came up with this project is that in my opinion, it is what exactly we can do. We can listen to all the people talking. We can listen to all the interviews. We can think to ourselves. We can debate our friends. We can spend as much time as we want in the theoretical side. The politicians, the elected officials make the reality side. If your reality is my reality and we all share the same reality, won't that include the politicians? Won't they reflect the reality that we are in? Isn't that their job? Don't you want to know which reality is being represented by your politicians? Explain to me why such a low percentage of the United States citizens vote in elections. 
I've got the answer. We don't need to rock the vote like MTV. We don't need to explain away issues as Republican or Democratic. I've got the answer. And the answer is that you're living in theory. Doesn't impact me. It's time to change the narrative. Because if you woke up this morning and you thought what happened yesterday in Texas doesn't impact you, then you're still sleeping. I am begging you to wake up. I'm begging you to face our reality. I am praying that we all will realize that our realities are the same. Don't let politicians keep you in the theoretical world. Don't let them tell you that they are doing exactly what you wanted, what you told them to do, what you asked them to do. I have another question I'd like to ask you. When you come up with your list, do you all have lists? I have lists. Maybe I have more lists than others, but we all have lists. Whether it's a list of what you have to do today or what you have to do next week, or a list of what you have to buy at the grocery store. It can be a mental list. It can be a list on your phone. There's a whole notes app because we all make lists or take notes. What's your list on how to make changes? What's your list on how to get everybody into reality? What's your list? I asked Coca the same question. He gave me his list. A couple of things on his list have to be mentioned. How is it that we don't have mandatory psych evaluations in order to get guns? How is it we don't have mandatory background checks? How is it we don't have mandatory gun safety training? There's no answer to that, Coca. Those are good questions. No, you know what, Coca? I'm wrong. There are answers to those questions. It's because the people who we've elected into office don't agree with you. Because the people who pay for those politicians to be in office don't agree with you. Because those people say we have a responsibility to our owners, our shareholders, and to the almighty dollar. And who am I to talk about the almighty dollar when you know that that is my focus when I'm in business? Yeah, took public financing, built a stadium, won World Series and a crappy team. I'm the worst person who ever lived. Is that the reality? Sports is a distraction, not a reality. Your daily existence is a distraction if we're all in the same reality. Everybody's got problems. Everybody. Is one more important than the other? No. I want to get to the place where our problems, again, can be labeled, numbered, and dealt with. Where we can talk about why there's a lower class, a middle class, upper class. We can talk about why some people live on the street and why some people live in McMansions. 
We can't talk about any of that if the reality that we're all in is we don't know whether we can go buy a can of peas or send our kids to school. How can you get to the second question when you don't answer the first? How can you worry about the second problem when you don't know if you are going to live to see the second problem? But that's just a theory, David. My problems are first. Those are first. I got to think about today's meal. You don't have to worry about that, David. I got to worry about where I'm going to sleep tonight. You don't have to worry about that, David. Well, neither do you if the reality is that you are going to get killed today. But David, it's odds. You're not understanding the math. Kids died in Sandy Hook. Kids died in Parkland. Kids died in Texas. Do you know how many millions of kids go to school and they don't die in a particular day? That's an argument you're going to hear throughout the day until they don't have to make the argument anymore because you've moved on to the next issue. We've all moved on to the next issue. The argument is, don't worry. It's safe to fly. You're not going to die in a plane crash. Don't worry. There aren't enough pilots. Let's cut the training in half. That's the theory. And then after the first plane crash, we're all in the same reality. So the key to our continuing as a nation is to acknowledge our failings, to acknowledge our weaknesses, to acknowledge our partisanship, to acknowledge our entrenched theoretical positions and ask why. Here's how this ends. It's not going to end with the elimination of mass shootings. It's not going to end with the elimination of homelessness or cancer or hunger. But it sure as hell better end with you changing your perspective and getting into the same reality that those parents, that those grandparents, that those siblings, that those people have in continuing growing places in our United States of America where you are being fed lines every day about why what you're thinking is wrong, why what you're feeling is wrong, and why what they're saying is right. But they're not right. And they don't have that right anymore. You can change our world. And we've got the project that's going to be the start. Nothingpersonalds at gmail.com is the email. You're going to send a resume and we're going to hire someone and we're going to get you the information. And then you're going to decide. You are going to decide what your reality is. And when you look left and you look right, are you alone? Or are we finally all together? That's it, Coca. That's it. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. 
If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.